Welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Phantom Troublemaker, and I'm going to add wrestling to that list of categories that we may discuss, because today is a very special bonus episode of the Needless Things Podcast. Uh, I normally do not publish on Monday, but I just conducted an interview that was so much fun and that ended up being so much more than just a drop-in for our upcoming WrestleMania episode that I wanted to make it an episode unto itself. So this week, and this week only for the foreseeable future, you are getting two, count them, two episodes of the Needless Things podcast. Now, coming up on Friday, I'm going to have a big WrestleMania special. I've been talking about that for a couple of weeks. I'm recording it Tuesday night. Uh, I am not putting the guest over yet because until it is in the can, I do not promote things. I have learned my lesson, but this episode is in the can, so I will go ahead and tell you that my guest today is Michael Mosley. He is a wrestler. He is a cosplayer. He is a comic book fan, and he is building entrance attire for WrestleMania. He can't say a whole lot about it, but we get into a little bit. We get into him working with WWE. We get into some behind-the-scenes stuff. It's a fantastic conversation. It was originally intended to be uh, just a 10- or 15-minute drop-in for the WrestleMania episode because I thought, well, since he can't talk about too much, that's really all the time it'll be. But we ended up having a fantastic conversation that is more than worthy of its own episode. And not only that, uh, Michael is going to be back on as soon as I can get him back on, honestly. There's so many other things I would like to talk about uh, with Michael Mosley. But you guys are really going to dig this show. Uh, you may know him from Dragon Con Wrestling. He and Xavier Woods, or Awesome Austin Creed, or however you may think of him, uh, have been DCW hooligans for a long time now. They come and sit with us every year. Uh, they do some of the best costuming at DCW, and I recently found out that's because that's essentially what Michael does for a living. Uh, and he has built costumes for many, many wrestlers uh, over the course of the past several years and has been working with WWE for two years now and is just a great guy. I, you know, I've been talking to him for for a few years, uh, and certainly known of him for many uh, more years than that. For as long as we've been going to DCW, basically, and I think I might even have a picture of him in his very first makeshift DCW costume when he was describing it, which you'll hear in the episode here. Uh, I thought I've I've seen that, so I, at the very least, I saw it. I may well have a picture of it. I'm going to have to go back and look. Uh, but I just had so much fun talking to Michael that I wanted to go ahead and put it up, share it with you guys, and make it make it its own episode. So I hope you enjoy. Well, I know you'll enjoy it. There's no hope to it. And whether you're a wrestling fan or not, uh, we we talk about being in the cosplay business. Uh, we talk about other things besides WrestleMania because, like I said, there wasn't a ton he was allowed to say uh, about WrestleMania, but. We've got a lot of exciting stuff coming up with Michael in the future. 
you guys are really going to enjoy him being part of the show. And uh, I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad he came on, and we had a great conversation. Before we get to that conversation, of course, I want to put over supportphantom.com, which is where you can go to hear exclusive episodes of the podcast that I do not publish here for free, uh, more behind-the-scenes stuff. I have a new feature called Needless Audio that is part of the subscription over there at supportphantom.com, where I just put up the newest Needless Audio, which is called The Pooh Nightmare. You're going to want to hear it. Uh, and also, I want to tell you, Go to needlessthingssite.com where the Needless Things podcast is posted every single Friday and sometimes Mondays apparently. And click on the big, huge Amazon box at the top right corner of needlessthingssite.com. You don't have to buy the products that are there. Just click on the box and once you're through that magical Amazon portal, you can go buy anything you want and Needless Things will get a little bit of a kickback from Amazon. It doesn't cost you anything extra, and it's a way to help me support not only the Needless Things podcast, but hosting for the site and my travel to conventions and stuff, which my next convention will be Hulanta, the first weekend in May. But that's enough of that. This is a special episode. I don't want to put things over for too much longer because you guys want to hear Michael Mosley, who is literally on the road to WrestleMania during this call. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this very special bonus episode of the Needless Things Podcast. I am talking to the real Michael Mosley, uh, who I and you listeners and anybody that's following me on Facebook or whatever know uh, as one of the big guys from Dragon Con Wrestling each and every year. But today we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about DCW because you can't not talk about DCW. You have to. We you have, have to. to. But we're gonna talk about WrestleMania and. The double top secret stuff. Now we cannot get into details. Yeah, no details, obviously. But we can we can we can poke around the corners a little bit. Yeah, we'll hint. It's almost like your mom's cooking something in the kitchen, and you don't know what she's cooking. You can't quite see what it is, but you can smell it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of know it's something good, but you don't know what it is. It's gonna be like that. Or like at Christmas, you can you can pull the tape off the side of the package a little bit and and sort yeah, of just a little. get the feel for the shape of it, but you can't you can't open it all the way or it ruins everything. Absolutely, there it is. All right, so for what I always do when I have somebody on the show for the first time, which by the way, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. My you, pleasure. You uh you you put up a, a one of those. Uh, sort of instant like oh i gotta jump on this post and said hey guys uh anybody that wants to hit me up i will drop some exclusive information on your podcast or your website whatever and i, I as soon as i saw it i got to it so that is awesome i'm stoked to be talking right. to remember you remember i said only one person i said the first person to message me is the first person to get this and you were there so no I, one else gets this I, I jumped on it man uh but i i know you mainly uh, as one of the guys, because a lot of the boys at DCW will wear costumes, but you're always the guy. 
I, like every year I know you're going to have something new, you're going to have something elaborate, you're going to be distinctive. And, you know, I just in, in years of going to it, you know, seeing you over the last couple of years, actually gotten to talk to you a few times. Uh, but only recently have I found out, or I guess in the last couple of years maybe, found out that, like, you make all this stuff and cosplay oh, yeah. is, like, that's your jam. Which I, you know, I, when I when I started following you on Instagram and seeing you putting stuff together, I was like, oh my gosh, this guy, uh, he does the stuff. Right. How, <laughs> it's actually uh, what I do for a living, pretty much. So how how long have you been doing it, and how did you get into it? All right. So um, I came from a little town called Somerville in South Carolina, and I always knew that I wanted to be a performer, entertainer. Uh, so I was like, okay, great. What am I going to do? Well, I got to go to college for theater. So I went to uh, VCCU, the Coastal Carolina University, home with the shots, whoop, whoop, shout out. <laughs> um, and I started studying theater. And it was fun, doing cool things on stage. It was awesome. But I started finding that I, as much as I love being on stage, I really love doing the uh, uh, scene work, um, building the sets and stages, and more importantly than that, building the costumes. Uh, so I had a brilliant, brilliant uh, professor, uh, Eric Hall, who came from New York and was working on shows with Broadway. And um, he really taught me how to design and look at costumes and clothing as more than just something you wear, but the artistic value of it. So from that class, I started sewing and started sketching and designing things and took my natural love of comic books and... Next thing you know, I'm building these cosplays. So, but the, the actual story of how I got into cosplay, though, I'm going to just tell you this one as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Austin and I, or Xavier Woods, or however you want to know him, Austin Creed, or however you know him, um, we were at Dragon Con one year, and we just finished, so I just finished uh, wrestling, and he was there hanging out with me. And uh, we looked around, and we saw all these people wearing these super cool costumes. And he goes, man we should have brought something. I was like, yeah, we should have. So my sister, uh, Ebony, uh, was like, well, I'm going to go to Walmart. So she went to Walmart, picked up two brown towels, and made this Xena warrior princess thing. <laughs> so that next year, I was like, well, she made something, so I've got to outdo her. So <laughs> I started sewing from about October on, and the next thing you know, boom, we are building these crazy costumes and doing this Dragon Con thing. And it took off from there. That's interesting because Dragon Con is the same. That like that's where I was inspired to start wearing the mask and start putting together the. Now, now I, I never refer to what I do as, as costuming or cosplaying because really all I do is take stuff and put it together. I, I I do not have the sewing gift, so to speak. But it was the same story for me. I was at Dragon Con one year, just hanging out, and I was like, "Why am I not wearing a thing?" Like, why don't I have something going on here? Because clearly, I, to me, uh, the costumes at Dragon Con are one of the most important things there. Um, for, for my personal fun, you could take away the panels, you could take away the celebrities, but the costumes are what create the atmosphere. Oh, 100%. Totally agree. Because the, like, the thing that I love most about Dragon Con is, is escaping from, you know, my, my regular day-to-day job or whatever and just being in this totally different environment with all these people who are into the same kind of stuff I'm into 
and people walking around dressed up as, you know, Darth Maul and Mr. Freeze and the creature from the Black Lagoon or whatever, like, that helps a lot in separating you from reality. You know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Dragon Con, for anyone who's never gone, it's the ultimate nerd paradise. Um, or more like a, a giant costume party, if you will. And you're right, though. It's There's something about the atmosphere of Dragon Con. Now, I've gone to conventions, I've spoken at several conventions and do panels all over the place, but something about Dragon Con. I can't really des- like describe it. It's just, but once you've been there, you know, it's just this atmosphere, this feeling of that you're amongst number one brethren, but number two, watching what everyone else creates and seeing how amazing, you know, Tommy the banker or Kristen the nurse or, you know, Austin the wrestler, seeing the things that they can create. And it's like, while we all may be different, we all have, you know, spread out into these different fields. In the same sense, we're all the same. And it's just, it's a cool experience. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, well, it's, it is a, well, for and expanding day long party of fans. I mean, that's just, that's what it's about. So how would you, how did you get started actually working DCW every year? So I worked at a place called uh, NWA Anarchy. Okay. And uh, there's a guy named Slim J who was doing the booking. I'm not sure if he still is, but he was doing the booking. And Slim was always so nice and so kind to myself and my sister as far as, you know, helping us out in the business when we were young and starting out. And uh, he looked at me and he goes, hey, man, I got this spot on this show, but I'm not sure if you're going to be interested. It's not like your typical wrestling show. It's at like a convention. And I was like, what? Yeah, I mean, I'll go. Well, let's, I'll try it, you know? So I had these black sets of uh, uh, wrestling trunks, and I got there. Just there, straight black that said Mosley on the back. And um, I walked in, and I saw all these people dressed up in costume. And I was like, this is really cool. Uh, so I had to try to blend in just during the match. So I wrote Fear Me on my back. And then, uh, since I'm a black guy, uh, that's important for this portion, uh, I had my sister... <laughs> Uh, draw white spider webs all over my body and then paint my face with like venom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I guess from that point forward, what they saw, you know, number one, me coming out there and dressing and, you know, the little character thing and the number two, you know, the wrestling aspect, they're just like, hey, you're going to keep coming here every year. And I was like, hey, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> how they get you. Yeah, they suck you in. Well, they're, they're great people, great group people. It is the most fun wrestling event of the year. Like if I if I had to choose between watching WrestleMania and going to DCW, I would go to DCW. I, I just right. there, there's there's no atmosphere w- between the guys having so much fun and the audience just loving everything that happens in that ring. It's just <laughs> electric. I love it. So we've got a ways to go before this year's DCW, and uh, we'll have you back on before then to talk a little bit more about actual cosplay. But okay, awesome. you are right now on the road to Orlando, Florida, which on the road again. Yep. <laughs> I personally, I can't wait to get back on the road again, but it's going to be a minute. But uh, WrestleMania. This Sunday, and I don't know how much you can tell me. I don't want to know, you know, like I said, no details, but you've got some special stuff going on at WrestleMania. What is happening, man? I do. All right, so this is my second year working for the WWE. Um, 
building costumes and entrance gear and specialty items and things of that nature. Uh, so they called me in on a super top secret project. I uh, can't say who it's for, um, but I would I will say yesterday may have been an old day, but today is definitely a new day. Yes, it is. And um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're building some some really cool things for them. Uh, but that's as much as I can tell you as far as, like, you know, we're, we're just doing some cool stuff for, for some cool people. And it's going to be amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be amazing. I, if, uh, what I'd like to do is throw you some questions. Uh, not, not, okay. uh, not about what you're doing this year, but just about doing that kind of work. Uh, yeah, and if it's something that you can't answer, that's totally cool. Or something you don't want to answer, that's totally fine. But uh, we'll, you know, we'll find out what we can with... In working with WWE, well, first of all, you said this is your second year. What did you do the first time around, and how did that come about? Okay, so um, last year I was um, talking a lot with Julie, who's one of the seamstresses there. Uh-huh. And um, so a little backstory: uh, Julie and Shannon, uh, Shannon Moore, um, are, are married, their husband and wife. And Shannon Moore is the guy who actually trained me in the uh, wrestling business. So he gave me my start, you know, showed me the bumps in the road and stuff like that. So uh, talking with Julie, obviously, since I sew a lot, I shoot her questions back and forth and things of that nature. So she, uh, she told me that they needed uh, some help just doing some, you know, cutting and patterns and things like that. So, of course, I was like, hey, yeah, man, I'm all in. Well, then... Uh, I got a phone call from Austin, who gets me in touch with uh, another WWE wrestler. Can't say anything besides that. And sure. um, she wanted some wings made for her. So I built these awesome mechanical wings along with, uh, I have a partner. His name is uh, Steven. He does Wave & Forge. Um, so him and I are business partners. And we got in the, uh, in the, in the shop and we just started cranking them out. So... Hopefully soon we'll see these wings somewhere on TV. I don't know. Maybe you can't say anything besides that. But, you know, they're these cool wings. that we Understood. And then um, from there, other you know, wrestlers started calling us and asking us to build things for them. And so we do. Uh, we build, like I said, we, we don't do their wrestling gear. That's important to know. We don't do their wrestling gear. We build their entrance gear gotcha. for anyone who needs us to build it for them. Yeah, they've got um, their own team of of like seamstresses on staff there, right? Yeah, you know, but it's I say around the entire country there are a oh, good wow. group of of good seamstresses. Um, as far as the, the ones at WWE, I mean, Julie is absolutely amazing. She is by far one of the best seamstresses I've ever seen in my entire life, if not the best I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, then you have her sister Terry, who's absolutely amazing as well, and then you know, Surratt, who literally has become my big brother in the, the sewing industry, who is fantastic. He, you know, is one of those guys I call middle of the day and go, hey, man, I'm having trouble with rhinestones. What am I doing wrong? And he'll literally walk me through it. So not only are they good seamstresses, they're just good people. They're, they're nice people. What is, when you're making something, because one thing that a lot of people who maybe don't do a lot of costuming and certainly people who don't create costumes may not think about is the durability, and when you're creating something, like let's say you're making 
Well, whether it's wrestling gear, entrance gear, whatever, you've got to consider if it's actual wrestling gear, it's something that, you know, hopefully will last months or years, I guess. I don't, I don't know how right. fast uh, somebody on that level goes through gear or how, how often it needs to be refreshed. But, uh, you know, if you watch the shows, you get an idea for, what, for how often people have new gear. But, like, when you're building something just for an entrance, depending on how complex it is, like, how do you test how durable stuff is when you're making it? Well, it really depends on if they're wearing it once or if they're going to wear it multiple times. So sometimes we look at things as, uh, and we've been given specific notes, you know, it just has to make it to the ring. You know, so someone may call me on an indie show and go, hey, I had this, you know, giant show in my hometown, and I want to wear something that's, you know, Gamecock-related, and I'm only going to wear it once. Well, once you tell us how many times you're going to wear it, that changes, number one, the price, and number two, the... Um, the durability and the reason why I say that is um, we can use a thinner material that has a certain you know quality to it that um, is less expensive than using let's say a lycra okay that makes okay sense. so yeah, yeah. we can we can we can sum out the material and you can get something that you know let's say a you know a cheap spandex versus a lycra um, that would alter the price now you would want that if you're going to wear it over and over and over again, but if you're only wearing it to the ring one time or two times, well, that's fine, because it's going to have the same appeal, same pop, but you don't really care so much about the durability. Right, it's going to look good once, but you're not going to need to travel with it for a year. Absolutely. Uh, And vice versa, you know, you look at the convention aspect, same thing, it depends on what you're, how many times you're using it for. So if someone calls me and goes, hey, I need a set of Wonder Woman bracers, Uh, the first thing I'm going to ask them is, are you looking to do this cosplay several times? Are you looking to do it, you know, once or twice? Because that changes whether we use EVA foam or our craft foam in a warbler sandwich, you know? And it's because I don't know if you know anything about the warbler world. Warbler is expensive, but <laughs> it will also last, you know, a lot longer. You can throw that in your suitcase and not worry about it getting bent or broken. Um, whereas foam, uh, sometimes you'd worry about it being bent. And then if you don't use the right type of paints, which, you know, the trial and error kind of thing that you worry about creases and stuff like that inside of your phone. So there's a lot of that goes into it. So durability is, we, we have a, a saying that goes, um, you can either have it cheap and fast, but understand that it's not going to last you long, or you can, you know, spend the money and take the time and have something that's super durable, but it's going to take you longer and it's going to cost you more in a sense. Sure, sure. Now, we, as far as the talent Let's say, and, and this is sort of, well, it, it could go for any company, really, but I'm thinking WWE here, uh, just because of, you know, they had the advertisers, they've got a lot more responsibility to the fans uh, and and to sort of the people that are paying for their programming. Uh, when a talent contacts you and says, hey, I want this made, does WWE have a hand in that process? Like, cause I, my, what I'm thinking here is like, let's say talent asks you for something and you're like, okay, cool. We can do that. And you get it made. And then WWE would say, no, you're not, you can't use that on the show. Like what, what is <laughs> that happened? one time to us? Oh and no. After that we learned how to ask the right questions. Oh, okay. So okay. When anybody calls us from any, you know, WWE, TNA. And if anybody ever calls us for any gear, first thing we ask is when they say, I want this made, it's, have you gotten it approved? Okay. Right? Uh, so that we don't build something that they can't use because then it becomes an awkward, 
well, I can't use it, so... Yeah, right, you know. right. Yeah. So, um, but WWE is actually really good about um, giving the, the workers their creative uh, freedom, from what I understand. This is just me on the outside and sure, sure. You know, talking to people. So, and they seem to be a you know, pretty, pretty awesome company as far as the work aspect of working for. So, yeah. Um, we had that one issue, but ever since then, we've been completely fine. Everything else has been really smooth once we learn the right questions to ask. Now, what will your date when you get down there? Uh, what will, will you be involved at WrestleMania with whatever it is you're doing? Like, what will your day be like as far as uh, fittings and providing what you've made and that kind of thing? I will be there. I check in tomorrow, um, and I'll set up my shop at nine in the morning, and then I will be there. You know, probably twelve hours a day ish until we, we fix things, and I'll definitely be at Mania. So um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. And more than anything else, it's, you know, getting to fight and do what I love. So, uh, But it, it, there will be busy days. Um, it's not, you know, the for people who have never built a costume before, a lot of times people just think, oh, well, can't you just do this, this, and this and build it? Yeah, there's a lot more that goes into it, though. There's, you know, adhesive time and... You know, molding time and things of that nature. So, sure, sure. A lot of it will be waiting on paint to dry. Literally, <laughs> waiting on paint to dry. Well, and that's what I was wondering is like, to. is like, how much of this are you having to do on the spot? Um, we're doing a good portion of everything while we're down there. Um, so there's a lot of techniques that go into, uh, let's say, I'm painting something. I want to give it a marble look. Well. One of the techniques that I like to use is waiting to till the uh, paint's almost dry, but not quite dry, and layering another bit on top into a little bit of a smudge. Um, so that's the kind of stuff I have to do down here, but I need to do a test piece so they can see it first before I do the entire thing. And as good as things look, you know, through a iPhone camera, oftentimes they lose certain portions of the uh, beauty. Oh. Say if I'm using like a rhinestone or a glitter you lose a lot of the quality of it. Um, well, and colors can even look different, because let me just tell you, mm-hmm. I I have two masks that are an entirely different color from what I wanted just because digital photography doesn't always do its job. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, we're, we're doing a lot of that down here, so we figured it's better for us to hold off on some things and do it here versus, you know doing them than having to redo them are having to sand and, and strip and just causing more headaches for ourselves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, well, cool. That is uh, WrestleMania is Sunday. It's very, very close. I'm stoked that you're going to be down there and that you're going to be part of the show. Like, that's got to be exciting in any capacity to be part of a WrestleMania, right? It is. <laughs> it's so awesome, man. It's, uh... <laughs> Last year, I met so many cool people. I'm talking celebrities and wrestlers and, you know, people in the office and just got to hear their stories and talk with them and just the atmosphere in the back. And um, my favorite part, uh, so I've gone to a couple of tryouts and, you know, of course, I'm coming down here last year. Uh, I'm going to make a statement that I'll probably get in trouble for, but I'm going to say it anyway. WWE has the best sandwiches in their catering. Like, they are <laughs> the best sandwiches I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> and so, like, when they called me this uh, this year to come back, first thing I was like, oh, my goodness, 
I get to eat one of those sandwiches. I am so excited for it. <laughs> and I've tried recreating them, but I don't know what their catering team has to be trained by the gods on Olympus. I don't know. It is amazing. They're so good. I completely understand what you're talking about because uh, I, I love Earl of Sandwich down in Disney or in mm-hmm. uh, Disney on the Water or whatever it's called now. And, like, you know, I get excited about going down to Disney World, but the first thing that pops in my head is, oh, we're going back to Earl of Sandwich. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I understand the sandwich love, believe me. It's so good, man. It's, it's amazing. Uh, I'll tell you this, too. The, another thing that I really love about uh, working for WWE is, you know, especially when they bring me in, is, you know, like some places where you work as a, um, let's say, temp kind of thing, but as, yeah. a, as a contractor, mm-hmm. uh, when they bring you in, they treat you, typically other places will treat you like, oh, you're just here to do a job and go away. Man, WWE makes you feel like you're part of the family. You know, just the way they talk to you, the way they speak to you, and they're so awesome as far as making you feel welcome. And that's something, you know, I've, I'll say this. I've worked other places that I did not feel the same way. Sure, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and these guys are there. There's a reason why they're, you know, top dogs. And everyone, you know, typically tries to tear them down or look at it, you know, oh, this or that. No, they're... The reason why is because it's a family atmosphere. You feel like you are part of the group when you're there. So it's it's amazing. That's awesome, man. And I'm I'm stoked for you that you're getting to do this. That's really cool. Uh, to wrap this thing up, we we have to talk for just a minute about WrestleMania itself. Okay. Which match are you most excited for? Uh, I'm most excited for, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm a huge Chris Jericho fan. And I'm a huge Kevin Owens fan. So I think their match is going to be the bee's knees. Uh, of course, I'm excited for the whole show, but that's going to be one of the matches I'm really excited for. And then, of course, you know, I'm going to go back to my homie from the Mean Street Posse. I think the Shane O'Mac and uh, <laughs> AJ Styles is going to be one of those oh-my-gosh kind of moments. So I think it's going to be, it's going to be pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, I think... Uh... It's going to be interesting to see who steals the show between those two matches. Right. Because uh, you know Owens and Jericho are going to have something really special planned. But at the same time, you're talking about Shane McMahon, who, if if there was anybody other than Shawn Michaels that was going to be Mr. WrestleMania, I mean, Shane McMahon always pulls out insane stuff, regardless of whether you think you know, he should be working or whatever, you know it's going to be awesome. Right, and, absolutely. And that's the point of WrestleMania, is it's the spectacle. It's it's the one time of year where I'm totally okay with uh, the, the sizzle taking, you know, front stage to the stake. Right, absolutely. absolutely. And and that, that match, honestly, should have both, because when you're talking about AJ Styles, I mean, he, he is the guy who could make the uh, prover- proverbial broomstick look good in a match. Right. I mean, uh, I, I've met that guy so many times, and every time I meet him, it's amazing. Number one, he doesn't ring, but number two, how humble and awesome of a guy he is. You know, he came from the anarchy scene, uh, so he used to come to our trainings. And so, you're right, though. I mean, like, you could take anyone in the ring, whether it be your green card or, or someone who's worked for years, and just make you like a million dollars. And I, I, I do have to say, though, I, and, and the rest of the card, like, there's nothing on there that isn't compelling in some way, for some reason. But I gotta tell you, man, Brock and Goldberg, I don't, I have no idea 
what they can do, how they can make it a worthy entry, how they can make it a worthy title match. Like I, I'm, I can't wait to see this. Like I'm literally on the edge of my seat, just like, what is this gonna be? You know what? I've, I've found this uh, simple principle in life, and um, there's three things that you never bet against in my in my world. You never bet against UConn women. You never bet against Tom Brady, and you never bet against uh, Paul Heyman. Those are three things you do not bet against. I, if Paul Heyman's in the match in some way, shape, or form, it's going to be gold. And, of course, Goldberg, I, he looks great. And Brock Lesnar, just his psychology as of late, like everything that they're doing, it sucks you back in. Um, when, Brock lost, when Brock lost to Goldberg in, what, a couple seconds? It was the it was the same moment I had when Undertaker lost to Brock. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, absolutely. Yes. And I, my jaw dropped. I was like, "What?" And then for the first Every- time in a long time, I was all Monday had to wait and see what was going on. I was counting down the minutes to my, right. for, for Raw to come back on. Well, and that's so, what that's been the selling point of Goldberg and Lesnar is it's not even really about like. Oh, I'm interested in seeing them have a competitive match. It's not that at all. Every second, every every bit of it has been. What what are they going to do with these? Yeah, guys? and there's so much so much mystery and anticipations on high because you're right. Like we don't know what's going to happen. You know, we could say you know with AJ and, and Shane, we know there's going to be some crazy moments and some crazy spots. Right. But Goldberg and Lesnar, we're like, what what is it? I know it's going to be great, but what, is, what are they going to do? Right. How do they? Cause... Is Goldberg going to do a shooting song, right? <laughs> is going to take on Lesnar's What's going well, on? And, and that's what's been so interesting about it is, is Goldberg has come back and has far exceeded my expectations of, of what he was going to be capable of on the mic, what he was going to do crowd-wise. Just he, he's been he, – he's earned this spot as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. I'll tell you this. I, I think, in my personal opinion, the WWE today is at one of its highest points uh, as far as what they're putting out versus putting out in the future. You can already kind of foresee uh, what they're doing in the future, and it's just, it's, I'm so excited for wrestling again. I really, genuinely am really excited to see what happens to the business. Yeah, I, I'm, for the first time in years, I'm as interested in sort of the business itself as I am in watching two guys get in the ring and fight. Right, absolutely. absolutely. Because there's so much excitement. And on that note, I actually, real quick, do have to mention Neville versus Aries is going to be a barn burner. Oh, two of the greatest. I, I hate it so that it's good. probably going to end up on the pre-show, but I don't care. It's going to be fantastic. I'm so stoked for that match, too. Oh, yeah, it's going to be so good. I think I'm so happy that Neville is a heel. Um, yes. Because there's just something about him, like this nasty smugness, and it's just, it's fantastic. Like, you, you love to hate him, you know? And it's like, you want to go, oh, well, you're not that great, but then you watch him, you're like, no, you really are that he great, actually. He is. You know? and, and that's, I think, that's one kind of heel that I miss, is the heel that's just that damn good. Getting back to the basics is what it feels like. Yes. I said not, the other day, it's, it's like a weird mosh of the 80s and 90s attitude era that's going on right now. And you can just feel it coming. Yeah, because you've got, you've got those heels that aren't necessarily the, the chicken shit runaway heels, 
but are just good. He, you just can't beat them, and that's what makes you angry. It's not the cheating. It's the, oh, somebody beat this guy, and then you've got big giants like Braun Strowman walking around, you know, just smashing people and cutting these great Saturday night main event-style yeah. promos. So, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, 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 really, it's really good right now. And then, of course, you got Aries, when he says he's the greatest man that ever lives. So there's certain people who... They have these, you know, cool nicknames and stuff like that, like the phenomenal AJ Styles and Austin Aries. But those two people, I mean, everyone there, everyone that's there is amazing. But those two guys earned their nicknames. AJ is phenomenal, and Aries in the ring may be one of the greatest that ever lived. So tight, so slick. Uh, um, yes, I, I think the only guy as far as just having this like style cuz Aries has a style in the ring. If he if he was under a hood, you'd still know it was him. Mm-hmm. Uh and I think the only other guy that's as good that has as distinctive a style would be Christopher Daniels. Like Yeah, Daniels just really having good. that that grace and that slickness and that just everything so tight. You know one of my dream matches actually. I want to see Nakamura and uh, Aries. Oh man, yeah, that'd be fantastic. That Although, be. I, I mean, Nakamura at this point, I'd like to see Nakamura fight anybody. And I, I've he listed, uh, he I can't remember whose podcast he was on. He was on somebody's podcast. I'm not going to put over anybody else's show on my show, but right, right. <laughs> Nakamura said that uh, his dream opponent was John Cena, and you know, my first thought was really John Cena, and then I thought that would be incredible. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's weird, too, because, like, so, okay, this is from the, the weird sense, and I know you may lose some followers when I say this, so I apologize in advance. <laughs> a lot of people don't like Cena, but after talking to some buddies who have worked him in the ring, um, I have a new understanding uh, of John Cena, and John Cena is one of those people whose psychology is so on point and has taken the fact that people don't like him and has almost run with it. And almost at the same time, he's playing heel but playing face. Well, he is. You know? He's playing both sides. And, I, and I'll tell you right now, he's just—he's just so smart, though. And like, even in the ring, though, he's just just smart. Losing uh, losing followers or not, I mean, I, I am, and I, I've said this in a few places. I, I am an, an unapologetic Cena convert. You know, I went through yeah. my years of of like, oh, John Cena again. But when you look at the guy's resume, when you look at all of the incredible matches he's had, the fact that he delivers every time he's in the ring, and particularly last year when he was the U.S. champ, and was putting over all these younger guys. You know, granted, no, the younger guys weren't winning the matches, but Cena was putting them over in every mm-hmm. single match. Because, uh, you know, that's that's the thing. He's that level where having a competitive match with John Cena, whether you win it or not, puts you over. It reminds me of, um, so someone said this the other day, and I was actually having this conversation. They said, well, if you look at people, it takes people like Seth Rollins to put over Cena. It takes people like Ambrose or Reigns to put over Cena. It takes no, Cena that's, to put over that's Cena. nonsense. And when I said, right, when I said to him, I was like, are you listening to yourself? You're talking about all these great matches, and all these great matches only have one thing in common. Right. It's John Cena. <laughs> so maybe these guys aren't, you know, doing their job to put over Cena. Maybe... Big Game Cena is called Big Game Cena because when the game's on the line, Big Game Cena shows up to play. That's you know? exactly he's, he's so good. He is the Tom Brady of wrestling, and I'm not. I'm not a Patriots fan, 
but by God, is Tom Brady good. John Cena's the same way, you know? You may not be a John Cena fan, but you got to admit, this guy is good. He is magic. And and that being said, uh, I'm thrilled that his foil at Mania is The Miz, because I, I'm a huge so mark. Oh, my gosh. He is, you know, talking about heels in the business. and The evolution Miz, of The Miz. Man, because right? I... I became a fan of his back when he was on The Real World, and he was just right. Mike Mazanin running around with his, his replica title belt, you know, just being a goofy guy. I mean, that was charming as hell. And now to have fallen into the point where, for my money, there is nobody in wrestling that I'd rather see get beat up than The Miz. He does his job. And he does he's you know, one so of good. And he's not cool. He doesn't, you know, he he's not trying to get the cool, like, Oh, we we like him so much because he's such a good heel. That's he's just a dirt bag yeah. heel. You know what it reminds me of, man? Uh, do you remember a couple of months ago when him and Dale and Brian had that you know spat on um, was it Talking Smack? Oh, on Talking Smack. One of one Talking Smack is right now. I think my favorite wrestling show. And two, yes. That promo from Miz was a career-defining promo, in my opinion. Yes. You know, and it's as someone who works in the business, I had to take a step back and call some people and go, yo, is that a shoot? <laughs> like, what just happened? <laughs> and when you can fool the workers in the yeah. business, yeah, that's when you got something magic. Yeah, it, it was, man. And he, I mean, there was fire that you don't see and plenty of the guys are great on the mic and can get you invested and and can you know really you know these guys know how to tell stories but man i haven't seen real fire like that and i think it's because there's a kernel of truth to what he was saying uh it was just fantastic i love that i've actually watched that back a few times just getting chills at how good it was well a couple weeks ago also the him and cena in the ring that was magic too like they both Yes, both of them had so much passion, and it was. It almost felt like the the old dog trying to teach the young dog a couple of things. The young dog's like, "Well, I'm bigger, faster, stronger," you know. And the old dog's, you know, got that wisdom, and it was just you could see it in the ring, and ah, so good. So yeah, good. I, I I'm very excited about this match, and I you know I I know nothing about Total Divas or Total Bellas or whatever, but it doesn't matter because Cena and Miz are they're they're the stake and the sizzle. Right, yeah, that's that's going to be that match is going to be really good. I'm really excited to see Maurice come back because she, you know, truth be told, she's always been one of my favorite female wrestlers. Oh, um, she's she's fantastic, and and her again talking about great heels, man, yeah. she's great too. I'm hoping, and sometime before I, you know, get buried six feet under, that I get to see Maurice versus Bailey, which is the ultimate oh, heel versus the ultimate my. face. And it would Gosh. be such a, a good. You know, old school style match. And I think, I don't know, this is me, you know, booking from an armchair, but I just would sure, love sure. to see that. So, Well, you're on the road. That's what you do. <laughs> right, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Past time, I book it on the road. But, well, uh, man, we've got to, uh, we've got to wrap it up. Uh, I've had a blast talking to you about costuming, about wrestling, about WrestleMania. Uh, last thing before we go, I always want people to talk about where we can find them online to put over anything that you've got going on aside from top secret projects right now. Uh, so where can we find you online and find out what's going on? All right. So there's two ways you can find me. Um, and I'll tell you this much on my Instagram starting tomorrow, I'm going to be posting small 
tips and well, more uh, hints to what I'm building. So you can check it out and kind of get like the sneak peek. Uh, and you never know. You never know who may show up on my Instagram also. So you might want to check that out. So the Instagram <laughs> is the real Michael Mosley. I'm going to spell that for you. I'm going to spell it out for you. <laughs> it's uh, T-H-E-R-E-A-L-M-I-K-A-L-M-O-S-L-E-Y. And then also uh, on the Twitter, I'm the Michael Mosley, T-H-E-M-I-K-A-L-M-O-S-L-E-Y. So you can find me on there. And, uh, yeah, definitely check it out because we're going to do some cool things this week. Um, and who knows? Maybe you'll see me on another episode of Up, Up, Down, Down. Maybe I can con someone in to get me on there to play some games. We'll <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, man. Uh, we will have you back prior to Dragon Con and maybe even in between now and then. Uh, to not talk about comic or uh, to not talk about cosplay or wrestling, but to talk about comic book stuff too. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. Yeah, so we didn't get into that at all. Series, yeah, whole, awesome. That's a whole another hour. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Well, cool. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it, and uh, look forward to talking to you again sooner than later. Absolutely. We'll see you soon. It's funny. I always have something on in the background while I'm recording. Like, just a video playing, uh, whether it's a movie or a show or, or whatever. Just to have something going on to kind of keep my brain buzzing, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but I threw WrestleMania 17 on prior to, to setting up the call with Michael. And the first match out of the gate is Jericho versus Regal, which Regal is, is my favorite wrestler of all time. I was like, oh, crap, well, i got to watch. I, I want to actually watch this one and not just have it on in the background. So I'll, I'll skip to the next match. The next match, it was like, oh, well, I want to watch this too. Every match on the card, I was like, well, I don't want this just on in the background. So I'm going to have to watch WrestleMania 17 in its entirety again. Which, by the way, you guys, uh, if you have the WWE Network 999, watch some old WrestleManias going into Sunday. Because I think it's helpful to remember... That it is a sizzle show. Uh, there will be some good steak on there, for sure. But remember the fun of the spectacle. Uh, don't go in wanting, like, the top work-rate pay-per-view of the year. Because that's not what this is. It's glam and wow and spectacle and sizzle and whatever. Uh, so, you know, remind yourself of that. Watch some old WrestleManias and, and see how much fun it is just to sit back and watch something like Brock Lesnar versus Bill Goldberg. No, wait, bad idea. Don't go back and watch that. Anyway, thanks for listening, you guys. I hope you enjoyed this one. I know you enjoyed this one. Come back on Friday for our regularly scheduled episode of the Needless Things podcast, which is going to be mind-blowing. You're going to dig it. And go to supportphantom.com and go click on the Amazon thing. And I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things Podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vic's employee. And of course, it's at needlessthingssite.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.